What's up, guys? It is Coach Callie V, and this is the Callie V Podcast. Okay, so in today's episode, I am specifically doing an episode for the coaches. However, if you are a parent, you're going to want to listen to this because this is going to give you an insight on what a coach has to juggle, as well as if you are an athlete, you are going to want to listen to this as well because it's going to give you insight on your coach. Remember, your coach is a person too. All right, let's get into this. Hey coach, yes, you, I'm talking to you. This one's for you, but also this is for you too. Did you know that I also am a coach and I train coaches? I even have a coach. I know it's nuts. However, with that being said, I have something that's gonna be happening during the holiday season and it's just for coaches. So if you are a coach and you are listening to this, I would love it if you would go to CaliVSoftball.com. That's Cali, like Sally, but with a K, V as in Victor, softball.com, and go ahead and fill out the contact list and just put coach call. From there, I know that you are wanting to be added to the list for me to send you an email invite to what I have to offer you. All right, so do that. This is gonna be fun. Lean into this episode because this is exactly for you. It's my friends. I hope you are finding yourself either driving or maybe you are doing field work or maybe you're going for a walk with the dogs and you just need to listen to something that's going to help you, I guess, I don't want to say unplug, but more like plug in. Okay, so if you're a coach and you are finding, and hey, personal experience here, you are finding that you are getting completely, completely dried out in coaching. Like you're coming home from practice and you're super just like spent. Or the worst place to be is when your team isn't performing the way you want them to perform, you're taking it personally. Mm. That's a red flag. When you let words fly out of your mouth like, this is so disrespectful that they would do this after everything I do, that's a red flag that you need to spend a little bit more time with you or on you. So in this particular episode, I have came up with research and also experience, okay? I'm not just throwing spaghetti on the wall and hoping it sticks. But when I did research ways to help keep my joy, ways to stay happy as a coach, these three things kept coming up. And then I'm also throwing in a fourth for a bonus, and I'm saving that one for the end. So the first one I wanna talk to you guys about protecting your love, your peace, and your joy. And just keep in mind, I'm sorry if I say that out of order a bazillion times because I probably will. But the first thing I want to talk to you guys about is celebrating the small victories, the progress with your team, and fostering a positive and supportive environment. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, if you're like, where have I heard that before? Then you're following me on threads. (laughs) Or maybe you saw it on my story on Instagram at Softball. Maybe, I don't know. So let's talk about what celebrating small victories looks like. Okay, 
I'm going to tell you right now, as somebody who has been coaching softball since way before I've had kids, like giving back to young youth, um, how would you say high school age students, as well as collegiate athletes, okay? It doesn't matter what it is, like there's always something micro that you can celebrate. So I know one thing for me as a coach is I'm always trying to teach young ladies, like when they do bobble the ball, because let's be real, bobbling is going to, it's just going to happen. So you have to learn how to move on to the next thing, right? So a lot of times what young ladies will do, and I'm sure young men when they're playing baseball, is they will pick up the ball with their glove once they bobbled it. Well, if you've been a coach long enough, you're starting to figure out that it's taking more time for your player to make the play because they picked it up with their glove and not their hand. But that moment they pick it up with their hand and they make the play, that's a micro moment. Or maybe they didn't make the play. Let's get even smaller, right? That's something huge to celebrate, okay? So progress and your team environment I'm literally in the middle of this right now. I volunteer with a travel team and we have had some amazing weekends. I do think it's nuts. I think it's completely crazy to have these young ladies play three to four games in one day and in total seven days on a weekend. I think it's nuts because it doesn't happen at the college level. It just doesn't. So you can't prove it wrong. Like you cannot, you cannot argue that. They don't play seven games in two days at the college level. It just doesn't happen, right? So when I see girls show up on Saturday and they play well and Sunday they start making these really quirky, almost mistakes, errors. I mean, let's be truthful. They're mistakes. I'm okay with that. And I almost want that game to happen. I want them to experience what it's like to completely fail forward. It sucks when we lose by one run. It sucks because the errors eventually add up. But it needs to happen for feedback, right? They need to know that if they have five errors in a game and they lose and the other team had one, the writing's on the wall. They lost the game because there were too many errors. So what is the feedback for that? The team environment should be thriving on, okay, we've got to do X, Y, and Z better, right? So it's that support within your team culture that you want to start really breeding and celebrating. So for instance, really, really vulnerable here. Recently, our girls lost by one run and it was a heck of a weekend and it hurt and it, yeah, it sucked. It sucked to lose by one run, but they needed it to happen so they could experience what it's like not only to fail forward, but to fail forward as a team and learn how to support each other, all right? So coach, be sure that you're celebrating those small, those micro victories within your team, but also individually for each teammate. I know it gets a little tough and you feel a little overwhelmed, because you're like, oh my gosh, it's not like it was 30 years ago to where you could blanket coach everybody the same way. Unfortunately, in today's like day and age, I guess you want to say, our athletes are different. Athletes come to us with triggers. Athletes come to us with trauma. 
And it's our job as a coach in their life to help them navigate not just this game, but the big picture is to help them navigate life. All right, so let's go on to number two. Number two, maintaining a healthy work-life balance by setting boundaries and allowing time for personal interest and relaxation. <laughs> this is my favorite because over time I've learned to get really good at this. And actually this has been um, something that I can see early, early on. Like when I moved into this community three years ago, it was said about me to other coaches that I was unapproachable. And you know what? That was such a great compliment because I'm not unapproachable. And now they know that. Now they understand Coach Callie has boundaries. There is a reason why, like if you have a membership through my online business with pitching and you send me video after five, I do not respond until the next day. And the reason why is my boundary, like I have to move into my family time or maybe I go do lessons, like there has to be a line. Does that make sense? So let's talk about the example of, this is always my favorite, the coaches that really get involved with the parents, like go to dinner all the time with them, they're out drinking with them, they're doing all the things. Well, to me, you're mudding in the waters. You know, like, yes, you should break bread with someone for sure, for sure. There should always be a scheduled annual fellowship with your team, your organization, to where you can celebrate everybody's victories, right, as one big organization. And yes, you're breaking bread and you may be drinking with these parents, but you're not doing it in such a way that you're almost in a way like, number one, getting used by the parents. Um, Sorry, parents. I know some of you come with an agenda and your agenda is how many dinners can I pay for until I can get my kid a spot? I Look, I'm going to call the kettle black. Like I have been doing this long enough to know that there are parents out there like that, okay? Or um, I wonder if I can get the coach a little bit tipsy so then they can give me some insight on what's going on with the team and then I can find out if they said this about this kid so I can run and go tell that parent and then we can start all this drama. Like I don't think it's anybody's like agenda to start drama, but when you start peeling back onions like that, you're going to get drama, right? So coaches, I want to offer you a sense of protecting your love, peace, and your joy with number two, maintaining a healthy work life, okay? The balance, setting the boundaries, and allowing time for personal interest and relaxation. So for me, um, Let's see, Sundays, Sundays are a big rest day for me, but if it is a catch-up day, I will do catch-up, and I am very, very like communicative with my clients as well as my athletes. Um, let's see, what else do I do? Oh, date night, have date night, Friday nights with my husband. I actually, you're gonna love this, talk about true transparency. I actually tried to do uh, like person, like a one-on-one, -on -one, a small group training on a Friday night for like six months, and that was a thorn in my marriage. My husband hated it. We had locked in so much successful nights on a Friday night, being able to go to dinner and not getting home super late because nine times out of 10, we both have to get up at the crack of dawn 
to, you know, me go coach clinics or go coach softball for an eight o'clock game or a seven thirty game. And he, the same thing with baseball. So it worked really well, but I didn't protect the date night. I didn't set the boundary, right? Um, relaxation. Yeah. I schedule a massage once a month. And I also have a membership with a chiropractic company where I get four adjustments up to four adjustments a month. So that's kind of what I do because I do work out. I do eat healthy. Like I want to maintain being able to play catch with my athletes as long as possible. Also being able to pitch. I love showing kiddos. Yeah, here's your curveball. This is what it's going to look like. You know, this is what you're going to do X, Y, and Z. And hopefully this is what it's going to look like kind of scenario. So coaches set the boundaries. If you are married, get a date night locked in on the calendars. Please, please, please do this for the sake of your marriage, the sake of your children, and the sake of your future, okay? And make sure that you're setting time aside for personal interests. You cannot tell me, and don't don't be that person's like, oh, baseball's all I do. Oh, softball's all I do. Stop, because you are more than that. So if you really like coaching, Um, maybe there's some volunteer things that you can do within your church, within your community, but it's still that personal interest, right? So protect your personal interest. Don't let what you do completely consume you because you will start doing it from such an angry place. I have not reached that point as a coach, but unfortunately I have seen really good coaches reach a point where they are completely tapped out and they quit. And that's fine. They should be quitting. They should have quit a long time ago because if they're not capable of setting the boundaries and protecting their interests and that relaxation space, that they're not capable of continuing to coach. See, coaching comes with a lot of responsibility, not only um, the kids that you're coaching, but also for yourself. This is going to lead me right into the next one. This is a big one. This is a big one because one of my biggest pet peeves as a coach is seeing coaches that think it's their way or the highway and they absolutely refuse to educate themselves. Like you literally will see them time and time and time again struggle with the same issue. And it's like, bruh, if you would just educate yourself and figure out how you can overcome this, then you're going to move through it and it's not going to come back. But instead, you've allowed it to happen so many times that now you've almost created an addiction to it. Mm -hmm. You guys have a person in your life who's addicted to drama. 100% you do. So this is number three, continuously improving your coaching skills through professional development. Okay. Stay up to date with the target techniques and strategies. That's what you should be doing. If you're a softball coach, you should know. Now, you don't have to be a pitching coach to understand this, but you should know all the different pitches that are there and the why. And that's all you need to know. Hopefully, hopefully you have been able to design a coaching staff who has the element of the understanding of pitching and somebody who can do your pitch calls for you and implement, you know, why you're going to go in and then out and then you're going to come with the off speed and then go high. Yes, I said off speed because for some of you, you act like that's a foreign word. There's an off speed and fast pitch softball. Did you not watch the College World Series last year? Yeah. And honestly, I have been teaching an off speed pitch for over 20 years. So 
it's definitely one of the tools that I do teach my pitchers with their fastball as well as their changeup. It's called shifting gears. So what am I talking about by continuing your, continuing, continuing your education? Well, for me, there's something that I look forward to every year because not only am I getting my coach hat, coach bucket, whatever you want to call it, filled, but I'm also getting to hang out with some of my favorite coaches from across the United States and my game-changing coaches like Lisa Fernandez, Michelle Smith, Dot Richardson. Like these women paved the way for me. And once a year, I get to see them and I get to give them a hug and I get to tell them thanks. And I get to just sit and talk with them and be in the presence of somebody who, when I was 13 years of age, changed the game for me. So what is that thing? It's called the National Fast Pitch Coaches Association. And this is the annual conference or convention, whatever you want to call it. It's the same thing. Okay. But it's just mind blowing how many things that are available for you to get better as a coach in general. Like last year's was probably the best one for me. I ended up staying with one of the coaches that I know she's all the way out by Atlanta, Georgia. She coaches with Georgia Power. She has her own hitting business called Major Swings. Um, I ended up meeting her coaching friends, like head coaches from D1 schools out in the South. I mean, it was just breaking bread with these coaches. It was just phenomenal, right? Other instructors, we're talking Danielle from DR3, Paisley, Coach Tony from Paisley's Fast Pitch. Still waiting to get Carrie Foster out there. I'm hoping this year she'll be there. Hoping the softball doctor, you know, good old J-Bow, hoping Jess can get out there this year. I know last year she was under the weather. Um, but there's just, there's so much community cultivation that comes from that conference. So if you're a coach and you are responsible for other athletes learning, here's another one. If you're a head coach and you are responsible for your coaches learning, you should probably get plugged into this conference for sure. Join the association, like become an NFCA member. And there's also a group rate. So if you sign up your whole staff, there's a group rate there and you get a discount on your ticket to the convention. So it's pretty dope, but that discount will expire on November 1st. So um, just to recap on one through three, we're going to celebrate those small victories, coaches, to protect your love and your peace and your joy of this game. And we want to do that with our team while fostering a positive and supportive environment. Number two, we want to maintain a healthy work-life balance by setting boundaries. I use boundaries all the time in my pitching lessons because they're like curfews, right? Bad things happen after 12. We need to have boundaries, okay? Um, and allowing time for personal interests as well as relaxation. So if you are married, you are in a relationship, please please block your calendar to spend time with that person because coaching is a tough career and it will eat you alive, okay? And then number three, continuing to improve your coaching skills through professional development, um, making sure you're staying up to date with all the technique and strategies. And then number four, this is the bonus, and this is ultimately, I, I, there's no way I could be a coach without it. It's having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's just, there is like, literally, if I were to quit every time something got tough, I would have quit probably over 50 times. But I keep hearing 
the Holy Spirit tell me like, no, you're here for a reason. These young ladies need you. You know, there are moments where I feel like all I'm doing is putting band-aids on these girls or all I'm doing is <laughs> telling them, hey, yeah, your period sucks when you have a game and you have to wear white pants. Like, get over it. It's a part of softball. But then I have these moments where they have great games and they come to me and they say, coach, what do you think? And I'm like, girl, it is not on me. Like, what do you feel? What do you feel? And they're like, I feel like I touched the sky right now. That's so awesome. Or those moments where they make an error and instead of like ripping into them, I just shoot them a heart with my hands, coaching first base. Like if they strike out into the dugout or if they make an error and they look in the dugout and I shoot them a heart, it's that unconditional love. Okay. So again, I couldn't do this without Jesus. If you are a coach and you are struggling right now and you're just, you're feeling challenged, you're feeling attacked by the parents, maybe you're feeling attacked by your staff, like, please leave me a message. I would love to pray for you and love to pray with you if that is something you would like to do. But these are definitely four key strategies to help you as a coach protect your love, your peace, and your joy for coaching. As always, guys, I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you and God bless. Whew, I don't know about you, coach, but that was an episode for the books. Parents, did you listen to that? Did you really listen to that? Do you understand what your coaches have to manage every single day? Now, don't, let's, let's not go with the, well, they choose to do this. They make their bed. They can sleep in this. Yeah. But if you're not willing to do that for your own kid and somebody else is, then there should be a special place in your heart for that coach. Regardless, coaches, if you have multiple coaches on your staff that have kids on the team, that's the same thing. Athletes. I hope this offered a little insight to you on your coach's brain and things that they can be doing to help them get better. So maybe when they are having a really rough day, you could even celebrate the small things that you see your coach doing. It's just a suggestion. This is all here to help you guys, to help you navigate coaching as well as being a parent of an athlete, as well as being an athlete yourself. This isn't anything you have to do, but I'm telling you right now, in two and a half decades of doing this, like these three plus the four things are honestly saving graces and they need to be spoken about more often early on in coaches' journeys, as well as throughout their journey. So... Again, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. And if you need me to pray for you, you're going under a lot of stress, you just feel attacked, please reach out to me. I would love to pray for you and pray with you if you want. I am here to help. Thanks for listening. God bless. Real quick, before I get off of this particular episode, I put it on my stories on Instagram, which went over to my Facebook, Calavi Softball. 
I am open like for suggestions. I am really trying to serve my community as best can be served. I've had a really great conversation over the last couple months with tournament directors as well as umpires about certain situations, about just cultures that are being cultivated right now. And I am ready to release some really good information with you guys because I'm having people say, hey coach, we would love for you to have this conversation or have this person on the podcast, or can we talk about this? Look, this is your opportunity. Please do me a favor and go to my website, CallieVSoftball.com. That's Callie like Sally, V as in Victor, softball.com. And I want you to fill out the contact list. And in the contact list, just submit what topic you would love for me to talk about because I've been doing this for a long time. I started coaching in New Mexico, coached in Kansas, coached back in New Mexico. I've been coaching to Arizona or in Arizona. So I've coached in a lot of different states with a lot of different climates. And then when I say climate, I mean the culture climate is so different. Like out here, it's crazy compared to Kansas. So. Again, just go to CallieVSoftball.com, fill out the contact list, just submit the form. Like literally, you're gonna scroll to the bottom of the first page of my website, fill it out. I wanna get to know you, but I want to serve you.